Daf Sama. Today's Daf is Daf Sama. Sixty. Today is the third of year, the eleventh day of year, fifth of May, or Cinco de Mayo here in Florida. Yes. Twenty-sixth day of the Omer. The learning today in here in the virtual Hollywood Stivo is Leila Nishmas. Rav Yitzchak Sibin and Pam Yosef and Sham should have an aliyah. Yeah, here in the uh, yeah Cinco de Mayo in Florida, it's definitely Cinco de Mayo. You know, no, uh, yes. no question about it. Okay, so the Gemara was trying to resolve a seemingly contradictory statement in our Mishnah to other Mishnahs. But our Mishnah seemed to imply that a ring. Uh, which would have a signet to it, a signet uh, that uses a signet ring, would be a chayev chatas. If somebody were to walk outside with the Abbas, that would be carrying midaraisa, and there would be chayev, uh, there would be chayev, um, chayev a carbon chatas, which is a, uh, you know, midaraisa. And there's another price which suggests that that would not be the case. So the first answer that the gave was that, uh, was that it's two different authors, and there's machlekes between the Nechemia and the Rabbana. And by many different items, you'll have, by Tuma, you'll have two different materials in the Haley, in the vessel, and you'll have to know which substance determines how, how to judge the vessel. The same thing with the ring. You have to know, does the metal of the ring or does the of the uh, piece that, of the, that's attached to the ring determine the status? Um, and the Chacham say that it goes by the Maimit, but, but uh, Mahalia holds that it depends on really much, very much depends and it could be that the piece that's attached to it by the 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 you hold by the ring the ring is judged by the by the piece which makes the uh, which creates the signature so they want the Gemara wanted to apply that differentiation that machlaikis between the and the chachamim from Tumen Tahira to Shabbos as well, and that Reb Nechemia would, would say that there is a chi of chatas, whereas the Chacham would not necessarily uh, get into that. Rava wants to give uh, a different parrots, a different answer altogether. As the Gemara fourth line down, Samacham and Aleph, Rava says there's a, you have to teach this. Uh, you have to understand the different cases that we're talking about over here. The Mishnah is not trying to exclude anything. The Mishnah is trying to teach us both things. That the ring which doesn't have peace on it that's used for creating the signature is uh, by uh, is considered tachshit uh, for a woman, but for a man, it's considered a tachshit with the signature on it. 
So the Mishnah is talking about with what a uh, woman wear, and therefore it doesn't mention the case where it has a chosim on it. And that's why it says the leib tabash as that is the jewelry of a woman. But if it had a chosim, so it wouldn't become a problem. But rather, it would be in a different category. It would become the tachshit of a man. Um, so it's one is a chayeva. Neither one is considered carrying the raisa, even without, even with a signature piece on it. However, it wouldn't be considered jewelry of a woman if it had the signature piece on it. Um, which is funny because a woman also, I guess, needed a signature, but it was a utility. It was a utility. It wasn't a. Uh, it wasn't a piece of fashion. I think it's it's interesting today what's happened with a lot of uh, different utilities. They've become terms of subject to design and have like a lot of uh used to be a toaster oven was a toaster oven today there's a lot you know toaster oven could also be a piece of art the, the uh, coffee makers they started making in all different colors as you know design has become something uh even in the utility world people look for design so well uh, the most the most immediate parallel i think would be a men's uh watch right because that's something that is both, obviously it's utility. There's, there's a utility, but there's also a, uh, an aesthetic. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. And that is a big discussion on Shabbos. That is a big discussion. Um, okay. Says the Gemara that Nachman by Yitzchak jumped into this Mahastira uh, and he says the following. Toma Shabbos Paramis, you're coming to ask a contradiction between Toma and Shabbos. Toma Kli Maisa Amrachmana, Uklihu, Shabbos Mishamas Amrachmana, Enelachos and Tachshet Yeshlachos Asai. So Nachma Yitzhak rejects the comparison between the world of Toma and Shabbos altogether and says that just because something is considered a vessel, by Tumah doesn't make it a vessel by Shabbos. By Tumah, you're looking at the functionality as a criteria whether it's, because it's considered a vessel or not. As the Pasuk says, Kli Maisa, and since it does its job, therefore it has to, um, it, even with the seal on it, it's still considered a Kali as it does its job. On Shabbos, you're not looking at the job of the keli. Either you're looking, is this clothing or not? Is this a jewelry or not? Is this done to enhance the person's appearance? And Shabbos, Mishumaso Yam Rachmana. Shabbos, you're looking whether it's carrying or not. And the fact that it'll have a signature piece on it will transform it into a masoi, into a load carrying on Shabbos. So it's not relevant at all to what it has by Tumah. I guess that Ramachim by Yitzhak Shita will affect his answers and opinions in many of the other Gemaras as we've constantly compared 
Tuma to Shabbos, and he doesn't bring that parallel. Now the Gemara goes back to a final case from the Mishnah on Daf Nun Zayin Amin Aleph. V'loi b'mechet she'einur nekuba. And the last case we talked about was a needle without a hole. Says the Gemara, Lamai Chazya, a needle without the hole to put the thread in it. What's, uh, what's she doing with it? What exactly is its purpose? It hasn't yet been created into a, a needle. I'm Rabbi Yosef, Ishai So Rabbi Yosef answered that a woman uses it, the Uyghur are here to, to gather it. Tie up her hair like a hairpin. So Abaya said, if it's um, if it's used to attach things, then the question is, do we consider it like a vessel or not? And we said that by a Kavirus, um, I'm not sure if we had Kavirus before. Rashi says, uh, or we're getting, to, we're going to have it. Rashi says it's going to come up in the mission in Samach Gimel. Kavirus tahirim b'matav yaitzim ba v'hikamin atza eda sha'osim shukhen lahad kumsha yipla rakla. It's meant to, as a strap to hold up her socks or garments that are covering her legs from falling down. And since we know that she won't take it off, therefore it's not a problem on Shabbos. So why then over here would we say that you can't go out on Shabbos with it? If it's holding something essential, like the Rav Yosef said, then there shouldn't be a problem with wearing it. It's a garment. Says the Gemara, So the Gemara gave a different answer. So says the Gemara, no, it's not used to hold the hair in place, but rather it's used, I guess, to create a part in her hair like a comb. Says the Gemara, she's not allowed to comb her hair on Shabbos, so why would a woman be walking around with it on Shabbos? She had in a, in a case where she has a gold plate attached to the other end of the needle. So it's a needle attached to a, a plate. During the week, she'll use that pin as a type of, as a way of uh, moving her hair. And on Shabbos, she uh, uses to hold the gold plate against her forehead, a piece of jewelry. So it serves really a double purpose. It's, a, it's, a, it's used both to hold jewelry on her forehead, but it's also used to, uh, it's also used to, as a comb during the week. But that doesn't take away from the hatter that, if, uh, and therefore you, we said the Mishnah, it would make sense, but we said in the Mishnah that this uh, needle, Midrabanan, she cannot go out with it on Shabbos. Says the Mishnah. We have a new Mishnah here, almost halfway down. We start off the off the parak by discussing the prohibitions of what a lady cannot wear on Shabbos, cannot go out into the street on Shabbos with. And 
we now come to what a man can't. The Gemara clearly helped very much of ladies first. So we, we finished discussing the women. We discussed the men. Yeah. A man cannot walk out on Shabbos with a sandal which has nails in it, spikes. Um, Rashi says, the first one on the right-hand margin, sandal on the summer, shall eat who the actual sandals made out of wood. And you put nails through it to join together two halves, the bottom and the top. Um, uh, my time and this will be very interesting why they banned this from sh- um, where it being worn on Shabbos. And not only that, even if uh, uh, if uh, he can't wear two sandals and he wants to wear one sandal, we don't allow him unless he has a maka on the other foot. That's also very interesting. Gezerah, uh, you can't wear a sandal unless you have a physical uh, disability that requires it. Leibet and you can't wear tefillin on Shabbos. Neither can one wear an amulet unless it's written by somebody who's considered an actual an, a major expert. And you can't wear three more things the Mishnah mentions, a, uh, which the Gemara will explain. The Shirion, Kazda, and the Gefayim can't wear on Shabbos. And the Gemara will explain what they are. Uh, Rashi says, he doesn't give us an, expl- an explanation. However, these are all Midraban, Midaraisa, just like the Reisha of the Mishnah, which discussed women wearing it and did not tell us of any punishments. I believe that uh, um, the three things that we mentioned, Shiryan is uh, uh, going to be armor. Megafayim uh, is like a, a helmet or iron boots. So we'll see that in the Gemara. Says the Gemara. Now, but this is a very interesting decree. All of a sudden, you tell me that you cannot wear a sandal with metal nails in it. Correct the Gemara. Sandal Where did this come from? Like, what on earth? Why can't you wear a sandal with metal nails on Shabbos? They were hiding. There was a time that there was a Xera where they couldn't go out. Um, Rashi explained what that, but there were times, I guess, that the Jews all there were pogroms and the Jews all had to hide. They were, they were hiding out in the cave. And the people who were inside the cave said, Whoever's inside already cannot go out. Um, uh, uh, but uh, uh, people can come in still to hide out. But whoever uh, whoever goes out, you can't you can't leave. You can come, but you can't get, leave. Uh, and one somebody's sandal was upside down or backwards. 
and the pattern of the nails made an imprint in the ground as they walked. And everybody in the everybody in the cave saw footprints that looked like somebody had left, as the nails clearly gave away the direction of the foot of the tra- of the travel uh, uh, of the of the which way the person was walking, and people got scared. Oh no, our location has been given up to the enemy because somebody violated the rules and somebody left. And now they're going to come and attack us. And they became a stampede, I guess, to run away to find a new hiding spot. And they ended up killing more people from the stampede than the enemies of the Jews would have killed them had they found them. Or did kill them. Did kill. says a little bit differently. They were sitting in a in a cave, Bishamu Kol, now Maara, and they heard tapping, they heard walking on top of the cave. And it was from the metal nails on top of the cave, on top of the stone. And they got all scared that they had been discovered and now the enemies were coming to kill them. And the same thing, they ended up stampeding and panicking and killed more people uh, and killed more people than uh, than had they been than were killed by their enemies. Rami by Yecheskulama, a third opinion of how this really worked. The base Knesses, how you they were all sitting inside the base Knesses. and they heard the sound of a nailed sandal walking. Kesvurin, they thought how you and they again thought they were going to be attacked. They panicked and they stampeded and killed more people. Got killed from the stampede than from their enemies. But Shah at that time, whichever one of the three stories was correct, but these are the three different versions of the events. But the Chacham said, we obviously see that there's a there's a challenge here when somebody is wearing a boot that sounds like uh, uh, such a scary boot with that nail with nails or a sandal with nails. There's obviously a cause for panic. We have to do something. Amru, so they said, they, a person cannot walk around on Shabbos with such a nail, uh, nailed sandal. Says the Gemara, two lines from the bottom, Samach Amaral of 68. Then if the Chacham should have made such a that you can't wear any type of footwear which could cause a panic or pandemonium. Says the Gemara, I think you have a Shabbos, have a... The story took place on Shabbos. The story, which everybody went into a panic, happened on Shabbos. Says the Gemara, "Beyamtav Lishtri." If that's true, so then the Gzeir should. If it doesn't apply during the week, because the story took place on Shabbos, and we only want to make a decree on Shabbos, so then on Yamtav shouldn't be a problem. Allah Matnan, why did we learn in a Mishnah? On the says the Gemara on the top of Samachamid Beis, in the Mishnah is in Beya Daf Yedalit. Says the Gemara that we know you're not allowed to send certain presents on Yamtif. You're allowed to send presents on Yamtif that are for necessary for the Khan. But one of the things that we said you can't send is the sandal hamasumra, the nailed sandal. Uh, and why can't you be Yamtif? You're not allowed to send that on Yamtif.
Shabbos my time. Ah, says the Gemara. The Shabbos my time. The reason why we banned it on Shabbos. The Ika Kinuf Vaya. That's the time when everybody gathers together. Well, that used to be the time when everybody gathers together. And it's a Shem. Very soon will be again the time when everybody gathers together. But uh, since people, you have large crowds, and maybe you have large crowds who are not observing social distancing, so therefore you need to ensure that there's no uh, stampedes, that there's no, uh, you know, there's no, there's no uh, casualties. Yamtif as well is a time of gathering. So even though the Gzeira happened on Shabbos, it was given on Shabbos because that's when the uh, incident took place. Yamtif has the same uh, applicable conditions as that there are gathering, large gatherings. Tainus Tzibar as well, on a public fast day, there are large gatherings. So therefore, it's similar conditions, and we should forbid people from coming on a Tainus Tzibar on a public fast day to uh, where everybody's wearing, uh, if you're wearing, we should forbid you from coming if you're wearing um, these nailed sandals with nails. Says the Gemara, There's a big difference between Shabbos and Yamtif and a Tainus Tzibar, although there's public gatherings on both, but they only forbid it on days where like the story happened and the story happened on days that you were not allowed to do any work like Shabbos and Yom Tov, where there's an Issa Malacha but uh, Tainus Tzibor where, uh, where, where, uh, where there's you're a lot of work so um, we, don't, we don't create that Kazera there as well so it's kind of interesting on the one hand it's a, it's a the Takana to save people from stampedes when there's a public gathering not to wear boots that will cause panic. Um, at the same time, it only applies when there's an applicable malacha, so, uh, such as Shabbos and Yantav, when there are forbidden acts. So this is just one more forbidden act. Says the Gemara. Isn't this a little bit difficult? I mean, the, the reason for the stampede was not the shoes. The reason for the stampede was not the shoes. What does that mean? There was people yeah. hiding out. I mean... Yeah, um, I hear you, Kasha. I mean, it's like saying, like, you know, because during Corona, if you don't go out with a mask, then you're going to endanger people's lives, so then you should always wear a mask. It's us to go out on Shabbos without a mask. Always. Don't start. Don't start. Don't make saying? more you never know. Um, I'm just promoting because it's good for business. I'm just, you know. Rabbi Yosef, what do you say? That's a good shayla, no? That's a... Uh, yeah. That's a good shayla. Absolutely. It's, uh, I mean, we'll see more. The, they're building a very big case of never happen. going out in sandals because one time they were hiding in a cave or in a shul and people stampeded and the people with the, the sandals were the cause of it a little bit. So therefore you don't walk around with that with sandals on Chavez. And you're writing off the really, entire so we understand that really really because we don't want things which cause which could cause panic anytime there's a public gathering, but we only hide in a cave. What the sandals? The sandals didn't cause the panic. The well, ultimately, the noise of the sandals. There's always been times when we had to hide, or people are hiding all the time. 
there's, there's, there's millions of soldiers in the world who operate at night very quietly at, all the time. But I hear what you say. I, I hear what you're saying. Meaning, um, I, I hear the kasha. I hear the kasha. It it it, it seems like it's uh, it seems like there's more to the story here than our Gemara is putting on. Fair enough. It's, it is a little difficult to understand. Says the Gemara. I, I remember when there was when there was a tremor in Yushalayim. There was like a minor earthquake. And I was in the Mir Yeshiva, so it must have been 2003-ish, 2004, somewhere around then. And the building shook, like my shtender went side to side. The Gemara went like that. You're in the middle of learning, and the Gemara goes like that in front of you. The place, within 90 seconds, the place was empty. That means from one building, means 2,000 people from one building piled out in like 90 seconds. A few people got stampeded, they didn't die, they got uh, sprained ankles or whatever. Uh, Stender, uh, you know, broke somebody's finger from the stampede. There, there were casualties, but I remember that it was like a real, it's a stampede is a stampede. So they asked Stenders in the mirror after that. They asked tremors, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember Nelson C. Finkel came into the base measures to sit and learn that. And after that, they, they didn't let anybody back in the building until the building departments came and inspected the foundations. And then they let everybody back in. So it was like an hour later. And then Nelson C. came into the base measures and he sat and learned so everybody should, you know, see that he's putting himself in the same position as the Talmudim. And if anybody's nervous or worried, he's going down with the crowd. All right. <laughs> Um, says the Gemara. Uh, 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 five lines down from the top of Samachan Beis. The Gemara says on the topic of how you create Gezeris, even Reb, uh, even Reb Hanina Ben Akiva, who was referring to a different incident, which the Gemara will get to in a moment, uh, 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 referring to a different incident, he, where they were carrying the ashes of the Paraduma across the Yardin River, and they found a, uh, where's this, this story Rashi says, is in Chagiga. And they found a piece of a dead body inside the floor of the boat. So now the uh, ashes of the Paraduma became tame. And therefore they couldn't use them. So after that incident, this maybe will help understand, and this will answer Barry's question a little bit, that uh, the Chacham said, okay, how can we avoid this in the future that since it's possible that the next boat will also have a piece of a dead body, who knows, maybe they bought boats from the mafia, I don't know, but maybe we'll find another piece of dead body in the floor of the boat and we'll make it tame. So the Chacham made a gzera that uh, not to bring any more the mechatas, the paraduma ashes on a boat or a bridge. Uh, not to float them on the water. You have to carry them over land. 
And the Chacham said, this applies to any body of water, uh, that we're no longer bringing ashes on the water due to this concern. And Reb Chanina ben Akiva said, no, you don't have to be so machmer. Again, remember the story that happened. He only enacted the, the prohibition of bringing the ashes by boat. Only by boat, not if you uh, put them on a raft, I guess, and not if you cross a bridge, and only the yardain, only on the yardain, and he limited the gzera to match the story much more accurately. But even Reb Chanina ben Akiva would agree that you only limit the restrictions that come out of a takala, out of a unfortunate circumstances, in that case, because the Yarden River is different than other rivers. But Yamtif and Shabbos are so similar to each other that you would, if you made a for Shabbos, you would also enact that prohibition on Yamtif as well. Um, as we know, that in fact, the halachas are so similar to Shabbos and Yamtif only when it comes to food preparation. Getting back to the nails in the sandal, let's understand, says Yehuda Meshmuel, what they prohibited. They only prohibited if the nails were there to strengthen the sandals. But if it's there as a decoration, uh, like you have a couch, a nail head couch, maybe you have a nail head sandal where the nails are there just for decoration. Mutter, then we don't care, we don't worry about the gezeira. The kamalunai, how many nails are put in for decoration, are considered that it's there for decoration and not just for support. Rabbi Yechonon said uh, uh, five on the, uh, so Rabbi really said um, 10 altogether five on each side. Rashi, okay. Reb Chanina, Amar Sheva Bazev, Sheva Bazev. Reb Chanina said seven and seven. Amar Reb Yechon, Reb Shemim Ba'aba, Azbara Ach Ledidi, Shtayim Ikan, Shtayim Ikan, Ba'achas Betriusi Yaisav. So he asked him the following question. He said, uh, he said, explain to me um, he said two on each side and one on, two on each side and one in the triosav, uh, that's the ritzuas, the stri- in the strap. The Rebchanina Gimel would be allowed. The Rebchanina Gimel Mikan, the Gimel Mikan, the Achas Yosef. And according to Rebchanina, you would allow seven altogether means um, three, three, and one. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's almost bizarre here that the amount of nails were such a fine, you know, a machlekes about, uh, like you said, this is a gzera because of a one-time incident. Now it seems like the amount of nails will make a big difference. We're on Samach Ahmed Bey's halfway, almost halfway down. So says the Gemara, not only does it make a big difference how many, whether it's three, it's machleikis, 
three, three, and one, or uh, two, two, and one, how many nails exactly are allowed? But we even have a kasha on that, says the Gemara, Mesve, we ask the following contradiction. Sandal hanoite, if you have a sandal which was uneven, um, so I guess that's uh, like a lot of shoes, the bottoms become uneven after a while. Sheva Diver Rabbi Nassim. Nassim said you're allowed to put in up to seven nails and wear it even on Shabbos. Rabbi Matabiyad Gimel. Rabbi allowed 13. So we understand seven and seven matches up to Rabbi Nassim. Rabbi Yechanan said five. Whose opinion is like that? Says the Gemara, the Amr Krebneri Rai. He holds like a, th- a second brisa, uh, not like Rebbe or like Rebbe Nassim, but he has another Tana to back him up. The Tanya, Rebbe Nahari hey, Mutter, five nails and a sandal is permitted to be worn on Shabbos. The Sheba Asin, seven is forbidden. Amalei Ephos, the Tana by the name of Ephos said, Rabbi Barbachana, Asin Tamid Rebbe Yechon, Avidu You're from the Tamidim of Rebbe Yechonan. So therefore, you have to hold the amount of nails like, like Rabbi Yechanan, which is two, two, and one. But we get to put two extra nails in our sandal because we hold, we're Tamidim of Rabbi Hanina. It's, it, it, it's the fact that you have a whole Gemara discussing whether 13 nails, 7 nails, 5 nails are the permissible amount, and to Machlekes Tanaram, which is again reiterated by the Amoraim, seems to imply that it's a very, it's hard, I don't know, maybe we're not understanding something that they were afraid of wearing loud shoes. Basically, what it comes down is they were afraid of wearing loud shoes on Shabbos, as people would, that would panic from the sound of uh, loud shoes, as they weren't typically used to congregating large amounts of people in rooms. And uh, it went so far as there was a machlekas tanarim, up to how many nails you're allowed to put in your shoe that it would be considered uh, causing noise. So the Gemara continues, Rav Huna asked Rav Ashi the following question. He said, five, what's the halacha? Now we already know that, that uh, it seems like according to everybody we had, five would be permitted. Amalei, Afilu, Zion, Mutter. So he said, what do you mean? We learned, we learned even seven are, nails are permissible. Tesmai, what's the halacha with nine? So he told him, Amalei, Afilu, Ches, Aser. Even eight is forbidden. So obviously he holds like Reb Chanina who said seven. Boy, Minei, Ahu, Ritzana, Rebbe. Ami. So they asked the following question from Reb Ami. So now we come to a slightly different uh, question still on the matter of how many, uh, how many nails. The, the uh, shoemaker, Ritzan is the shoemaker. So he says, if you sewed it up and attached it um, with stitches, so the, I guess the nails are then put in afterwards. They're not really there for support. Uh, or they're there only to support the existing sewing. Mahu is that part of the prohibition? Amalei Mutter. 
So he said to the shoemaker, it's permissible. I allow it. Uh, that, that I allow it. But I don't know the reason why. It's very interesting, right? You don't know the reason why? Even the tough since it's sewed up like a proper shoe and it's not like a sandal, therefore it's not considered like a sandal. The sandal goes away but the middle goes The whole decree was on a sandal, not on a shoe. A shoe as a different construction was not what caused the panic at the time of the Xera, and therefore it is not considered uh, to be in the in the prohibition. So this goes back to Barry's point that this gazera is an extremely unique gazera. It has to, and they only answer the things which really reflected this scenario at the time. What's the halacha if you made it like a, a clavus, a kalbus? Um, Rashi explains what is a what is a uh, a kalbus. So, uh, 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 Rashi actually doesn't explain over here, but Rashi in other places explains that a kalbus is like a, um, you, you made it into a hook, like a tongue. The, the, the nail was bent into like a hook, so it's not a real nail anymore. Where you it's like a staple. What? Like a staple. Very good. Yeah, there you go. Not a round a staple. Right. We have a picture of Gosetsiyanim uh, has a picture of a half, like a uh, almost a, a slightly bigger than a half circle. Amale mutter. So he said that's not a nail anymore. We're not worried. Oh, you have a picture. Okay, fine. Uh, so they all taught that it was permissible. Why? Because it doesn't have the sharp end that will end up poking through and and uh, sounding like a spike. That's what I think. If there's so many nails that basically he's wearing a metal sole, um, so they covered the sole, I guess the sole might have been made out of leather, and they covered it with metal, so it's not a spike anymore, but the whole thing was made out of metals, that would be mutter to be worn on shops. Tiny cabs, the Gemara brought a Brysa to support Rav Sheshis. As the Brysa says, although you cannot wear a spiked sandal at, under any circumstances, now this Brysa is taking it even further, saying not only can't you wear it into Rosh Hashanah, you can't even walk around with it at all on Shabbos. However, it's not making it, it doesn't create a status of muktza. And if you want to use it to carry, to support a bed or to cover a vessel, that would be mutter according to the Tanakhama. So it doesn't become totally muktza, it just becomes prohibited to wear it. Rabbi Lazar of Shimon Oyster and Rabbi Lazar of Shimon says, no, it becomes mamish like, uh, like muktza. If most of the nails fell out and only four or five remain, 
then it becomes a mutter. It's one of those sandals which we said they didn't have enough nails to disqualify it. Rabbi Matar at Sheva, the old Shita of Rabbi, that up to seven is permitted. If you covered it with leather on the bottom and just use uh, just use the nails to hold it together on to, to attach them afterwards, mutter. Also, if you bent them into uh, these horseshoe shape, these 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 staple shaped items, or if you fashion them into some sort of peg where it doesn't have a sharp end or a flat end, or you cover the entire bottom of the sandal with nails in order that it shouldn't uh, cause a, 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 the sole to get used up, mutter. Isn't this Bryce a very contradicting itself? First, he told me that if most of its nails fell out and four or five remain with it, it's permitted to go out with it. It seems like if they didn't fall out, it was forbidden. And then you tell me that if it's entirely covered with nails, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's mutter. So what, do you, what is it? If let's say it's entirely covered with nails, and then a bunch fell out till you only have four or five left. It says in the beginning it's mutter. It seems like if they didn't fall out, that it's aser. This brisa is not hard to explain. It depends if they fell out on their own because they were broken. The heads broke off and the rest of the nail remained. So then uh, it's uh, forbidden. But where you manually remove the entire nail um, uh, then it would be permissible since you only have a few left but either way if it was completely covered with nails still that the whole thing was nails then there's no questions that it's permissible it's only if they fell out that you have a Shiloh so the Gemara is not done with this the Gemara loves this case of nails in the sandal, how many nails? We already had three different tanaim, and we had a difference whether it was Kule co- entirely covered with nails, or whether some of the nails remain, whether it fell out or was taken out, whether the nails were there for design. Either way, the Tesefta mentioned Arba Chamesh Mutter, four or five, it's Mutter. Says the Gemara, five, uh, six wide lines, seven wide lines down, Samach Amid Days. Says the Gemara, Hashta Chamesh Shari Arba Mibai. If five nails left in the sandal, you're allowed to wear the sandal on Shabbos. So certainly four. Why does it have to mention four or five? Because it said, in fact, it's referring to two different cases. Four are talking about a small one, and five are talking about a big sandal. Rebbe matad sheva. Rebbe allowed until seven, up to seven nails. Tanya says, didn't Rebbe teach us you can have up to 13 nails? That was in a case where it was a slanted uh, sandal. It was uneven. And you're trying to use the nails to straighten out the sole so that's not considered spiked. Who would have thought there's so many halachas to being a shoemaker if you're building shoes for the Jewish community? I'm sorry, this is all still because of the stampede concern. This is all, that's right. This is, yeah, yep. 
Yep. It's amazing that there's so much Machlokas just about, is it that the, there was a Gezeira of whatever Bezdin and the generation in which that Misa happened, and now all these Tanaim are debating exactly what the Gezeira was, or is the Machlokas here what the Gezeira should be? I have a thought on that, but I want to I want to get to the end of the Gemara and then I'll share my thought. Okay. Uh, says the Gemara, Rabbi Meir Ad Rabbi Meir Ad Sheva. Well, Tanya Rabbi Mata Ad Shalosh Esrei Noitishani. If it's uh, if it's uh, a, if it uneven sandal, that's different. Says Gemara Hash the Asus Lahachi. Now that you're telling me that there's already two cases. One's talking about uneven and one's talking about even. Rabbi Yechanan Nami, like Kasha, Naita Shani, according to Rabbi Yechanan as well. Rabbi Yechanan, who we said was a steamer to the Brisa, and we had to find another Tana to support Rabbi Yechanan. Perhaps he, he was talking about an even sandal, and the Brisa was talking about an uneven sandal. Um, uh, Master, I'm the Arab after boy by Master, Master. Says the Gemara, the halacha is not like Rabbi Lazar ben Reb Shimon. He said that in the Brisa, right where the lines got wide, he said that a spiked sandal is completely muktza. Says the Gemara, what's the chiddush over here? The halacha is always like the chachamim when it comes to machlekes. Uh, you might answer to, you might think to say that logically speaking, if you have a sandal which you're not allowed to wear on Shabbos, it becomes like anything else, something which you can't use on Shabbos, it's automatically. And therefore, we'll come to tell you that even though the logic was with him, but we follow the, we follow the so Rebchia said, getting back to the political workings of Bavel, he said that uh, I wouldn't have a problem with this. This Gezeira, I, I would, uh, I don't know, retract the Gezeira, but I would allow many more nails. That's what he said. But I'm afraid because in Bavel, they're going to call me the... Uh, they're going to call me the, the makel. They're going to call me the, the, the lenient one. I don't want to be known as the makel of Bavel. You know, uh, so therefore, I'm not going to say anything, but I would have allowed uh, as many nails as you want into a spike sandal. The Gemara pushes, and the Gemara says, the comma, and how many would he allow? The Pumpadita, that he would have allowed up to four nails. In Surah, they said he would have allowed up to 22. It, it gets even one. I'll give you a simon to remember. How many nails they said Rukhia would have hypothetically been allowed to sandal. That uh, you could, the distance from uh, he made a joke, kind of like a joke. He said, Rav Chia went from Pompadisa to Surah, and you could say because of the long journey, he lost two nails, so that's how you'll remember how many nails they had said he would have hypothetically allowed 
in Surah it was two less than in Pumpadisa, as in Pumpadisa they said he would have allowed 24. Um, it's very interesting Gemara, right? Clearly it, it, the Gezeira, there's much more attention to this Gezeira that we, uh, than you would have thought. And my initial answer, which I don't know if everybody will like, is in 50 years from now, or 100 years from now, they're going to look back at footage of people of the supermarkets and they're going to see the line six feet apart and 12 feet apart and the social distancing and they're going to say, this was Xerus Shah, this is just for a short amount of time and can it really be that there's such a big difference between five and a half feet and six and a half feet that they actually measured the ground and made lines on the ground and there were the rules, the intricate rules of what is allowed to open, what is not allowed to reopen yet, and what you could do, and who could go shopping, and the hours that you could go shopping, and which businesses are essential, not essential. The answer is all these things in a place where it makes sense are very easy to understand. Now, what's remarkable here, so that makes this Gemara less remarkable because we're just stuck wondering why the Gemara had to stay with us why it had to become recorded in the Mishnah, but the actual intricacy that we go through to determine how many nails is considered a sandal, which could cause a, cause a panic, that to me just seems like that was remarkable at the time, that, that made sense at the time. But what's definitely remarkable is the fact that it stayed in the Mishnah. I could have said a lot of things we have was Xerah B'Shas Hashmad, that at a time when there was a, a panic, a time when there were people hiding in the caves, we made such rules. Yet this halacha stayed on the books. And that the Gemara doesn't challenge at all. The Gemara has tremendous detail about it. That I understand, that's what happens. Once you have a halacha, regardless of the reason for the halacha, once that halacha stays on the books, you can analyze it to death, so to speak. You know, that we have all the time. The question is, why did this one why did this one stay on the books? That's a, that's a Pella. Um, that's a, I, I mean, to the extent that Gamar wanted to ban it on Atanas as well, almost. Uh, it is remarkable in that way. If you go back to the Mishnah, it says, you know, with a helmet, shin guards, coat of mail, you know, this is all uh, garb for a warrior. This is in war and it's, it's dangerous, you know, not to wear these things, but he's not liable for chattas if he does. Here, I think these shoes became a problem. When they said they were kicking people, use the word kick instead of stampeding, you walk on people, you don't kick them, that people use these shoes as weapons and it was like cleats, uh, spikes that we have now, cleats we have now, but it was nails sticking out maybe all over the place, and you could use it really to harm people. So to me, it's like these are what the warriors were using, people going out to war, and they didn't want them using these things, you know, almost like the Germans doing the clopping with the shoes and everything like that. These were shoes that were dangerous, and they tried to stop it and at least get it. You can't wear it on Shabbos. You can't wear it on Yontif. You can't wear it on certain days. They couldn't say you can't wear it at all, but that's one of the questions was, should they not wear it at all? And I think they shouldn't, unless you're in war. 
I mean, yeah. it could have been like kids who were like in trouble, saying, you know. Yeah, I like what you're saying, most according to the first shot. The first shot, which learns that the, the Takana came about because of the person in the cave who was wearing it who caused the panic. Um, but according to the other Pshatim, that it was because somebody was walking with it on top of the cave, it's, uh, it's harder to understand. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think what you're saying, this whole Mishnah is really talking about uh, items of clothing which create casualties. Right. And that's, and that's not normal. That's, so that's not normal. And, that, and that's not so far-fetched? Yeah. I hear that. I hear that. But the, the problem is that the... So, so, see, if the Gemara would have answered, the reason why you can't wear on Shabbos is because of it, maybe Lidei Takala. It will cause harm. Kimaisa, and then brought a Misa, like the story that happened, so that I would understand exactly, that would be exact. Basically, my, my response to today is, the Gemara should have said exactly what you said. The Gemara should have said, these are all items of war, these are, these are harmful garments, clothing which could hurt somebody, like we saw in a story. But the Gemara chose to go the opposite. The Gemara chose to say, because of a story, and leave it up to us to realize because of the harm that it causes. That's my only, uh, I, I think you're right. I, I, I definitely could learn the mission in that context. But my kasha on that is, then why didn't the Gemara say it as clearly as you did? You hear my question? Yes, yes, why, I agree. Uh, why didn't the Gemara say it? I like your pshat. Your pshat makes a lot of sense. Why didn't we actually say it then? That's, that's my taina. All right. Yashukaya. I am sure Let's we'll have a great day later in the day of some sandal summer. I imagine that somebody will find a picture somewhere of a nailed sandal. Oh, I'll try I to think sports, <laughs> sports authority is having a special on those sandals, you know, especially the ones that are missing. You know. I, um, I already got a few from some other groups. I'll send them to the WhatsApp. <laughs> Um, there's also, you know, this Hamashal Rimshal that every halacha has its intricacies and you got to really understand, not just for this, this is a dogma for, for the rest of halacha. That every, even a little, nail, a little things to follow halacha to the letter as best one can. We, we don't change, right? We, we don't care whether it's a halacha that came along after 2,000 years of survival because of one story or whether it's a halacha Moshe Nusinai that you have to keep that din like we have by you know the truth is that if you look at culture some of the things like yeah uh some of the drabonans by cultures are also because of very esoteric concerns yeah they yes yeah, right it, 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 a lot of things a lot of yeah um another thing the rabbinum had to put their foot down to ensure people follow lacha Ha 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 ha. Very good. Yes, Shakaya. Anybody come Thank you all. Have a good day. Oh, Rabbi, the other thing, you know, when they said the shoe is muksa, but for other uses it's permitted, like the egg. Remember, we put an egg to balance the bed, another egg that was muksa. 
Yeah, yeah. The the the, the egg, the no, the, the creators are the Yotzer's egg. The big yeah. So, so, so it's only or it's only muxer for the, for that purpose. If they weren't muxer for other purposes. Yep. If it has a okay. thing that you normally use it for, it could, it, yeah. Um, I'm just looking at the Rishash. The Rishash seems to say like, Ju like, like Judah, that they ended up killing each other with the, with the, with the Mismiris. The nails and the shoes killed is what actually killed each other. They took off their shoes also and hit them with them, or? Just I just, sorry, Aram. Judah, are you still with us? Aram says, yeah, I'm here, I'm here. The Chachamim forbade these sandals. Since the casualties of death come from nails, and therefore it's not a Takana because of the story that happened really, it's a takana because it's it's dangerous when you have public gatherings for people to wear sharp items. Uh, but Tosis says that uh, that it was because of the people who were walking on top of the cave or and or behind the base knesses, and therefore uh, it's a because of the sound of the nails. So it's a machlekes Rashi Tosis, but according to the Maharam. Um, you, 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 it makes more sense. According to Judah, Judah was mechavan to the Maharam. You saw like a big mazakov. He really said, told us the pshat of the Maharam, which is in the back of every Gemara, uh, that says, according to Rashi, that's 100% the reason why Chacham pervaded, not because they heard the sound of the nails, but because they actually trampled each other with the nails, with sandals that had nails. Lushan Gemara does not seem to imply that. At all, the lashon of the Gemara is that uh, according to the second and third shot, according to all, that they got killed from the pushing and from the stampede, but it wasn't because anything to do with the nails. The nails is just what caused the stampede, which led to Barry's uh, question, the obvious question that that's this is too much of exera because one incident because they heard somebody walking with loud sandals. But the Gemara doesn't seem to imply that they were killed from the nails, whereas Maram says that according to Rashi, you could uh, you could learn that as the shot. Um, yeah, exactly. Rashi says and they killed each other with a pushing. Um, and the shoes were made in a way that they were particularly harmful to other people. But according to that, it's still a chiddush, but that's, that would make more sense. If they banned the shoes, the, the sandals with nails, because sandals with nails are harmful objects, like other implements of war. But it doesn't, it's not the pastures of the Gemara. In the four or five, with everything, four or five nails being permitted, um, one I think one of the nails was really was really the same type of shoe, but one had what the nail was hold a strap, so you could wrap a strap around the shoes, around the sandals, so you could tie it. So it was really four plus one. Four plus one, right? Right. right. Yeah. Okay. Yeshakayach. 